All right, my friend, let's jump in. You all set? I'm ready. All right. Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We're recording under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. And today we continue the mission to arm humans with the tools to crush mediocrity, create mastery, and live in total wellness with my next guest, Ken Newbill. Now, Ken is a health transformation specialist with Newbill of Health, his very own personalized business. And we're going to dive into his world today and learn a little bit about him. And so I appreciate you taking the time all the way from North Carolina. How you yeah. doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, been a pleasure to be invited. Yeah, man. Pleasure to have you on. I know that uh, I've seen lots of incredible information coming from uh, your feeds on socials. Lots of great um, transformation stories. But I know that a lot of times people are skeptical when they see those sorts of things. And one of the things that I know helps people gravitate towards someone is learning a little bit about that person and their history. So if you would just yeah. take a couple minutes and tell us a little bit about you, man. Where did you grow up? What was that like? And, um, you know, we'll go from there. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I think it makes a lot about tells a lot about who I am for sure. I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, I was, you know, I'm a 70s, 70s baby. I grew I'm born in 72. And, you know, originally born in South Bend, Indiana, also spent some time in a little town called Heston, Tan Heston, Kansas for a couple of years when I was like seven and eight years old. And then the, did most of the rest of my upbringing in Austin, Texas, uh, after that. And, uh, lots of diversity <laughs> in my background from living in all those different, uh, areas, you know, from, you know, Midwestern to Texas, which is kind of like its own country, mm -hmm. you know, they do things a little different there. Um, but, but a good upbringing, you know, I probably, you know, I've had my, my ins and outs. I grew up with, uh, you know, my parents never married. So, you know, I was with mom mainly and step, I had a stepdad, but, um, yeah, I traveled a lot my entire youth. Uh, and it didn't stop once I went into the military, um, after high school and whatnot, I, um, I traveled on average about 268 days a year Wow! until I was, when I get out, I got out when I was in 2004. So I think I was like 32 when I got out. Um, and so, yeah, I had averaged that since I was 19 years old. That's how much travel time I had under me. Wow. So I was just never really used to staying put, um, to be honest. In fact, the first couple of years when I got out of the military were really stressful for me um, because I got out. I was still living in the D.C. area. and I had never spent one winter there <laughs> until I actually got out of the military. So it was pretty interesting to see how civilians were really living. Cause I'm like, I'll do this every day. Like you go to the same place every day <laughs> and look at the same people every day. Like this was really crazy for me. So I had, I had some problems when I first got out. Um, I didn't even realize I was going to a depression and it ended up leading me down, a, down a rabbit hole. Um, I opened up a business. I had a mortgage brokerage firm for about, uh, 10 years. And so we went through the crash and everything. Um, you know, the big real estate crash and coming out of that, you know, just getting on the other side of that, we started to also have a baby. Uh, we found out we were pregnant with our first child and we were already in the second trimester. So we were a little freaked out. In fact, I was so freaked out that night I had a heart attack. Um, same night that we found out we were pregnant with our first child, um, two minor heart attacks in the same night. 
in my home and I was by myself and I've somehow survived it. That's incredible. Um, you were, uh, you were in your thirties when you had a heart attack. I was 38. Wow. That's yeah, crazy, I was 38 man. years old and, uh, it was crazy, but I looked like I should have had a heart attack. You know, in fact, leading up to that heart attack, I had three years of kidney stones, kidney stone, kidney stone, kidney stone, heart attack, which should tell you something. Okay. Just very rarely ever a heart attack without a kidney failure. Now, right? was this so, going on while you were in the military as well, or this happened once you got out? This was once I was out. Once I was in the, in the military, I was pretty fit. Um, they kept me moving. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't learn much about taking care of myself, but I learned to stay active. And so I was very active, but when you're building a business and that's why I tend to focus a lot on helping business owners, uh, and what I do is the fact that prioritization of what you need to do to be in uh, peak performance is very necessary. You really need to understand the mental game and the prioritization game. If you don't have those things down, you're going to kill yourself, probably. It sounds like a huge sort of dichotomy between what you would have had in a military situation versus in the private side, right? Because in the military, it seems like as an outsider looking in, you have a lot of structure in place mm -hmm. and you basically just plug into the structure. But when then you get into the real world, it's like there's no one there looking over your shoulder. Exactly. And in the environments that I was in in the military, there wasn't a whole lot of looking over the soldier over your over your shoulder, because you know I was working in the special operations community where they give a lot of um, latitude, if you will, um, because of the type of individual that you are and the things that you have proven your abilities, proven your abilities in certain areas um, to handle things. So, a lot of what happens in that world is from your own mind. Um, you know, within a framework, of course, but we depend on the creativity of those types of individuals to succeed in certain environments, um, where maybe no one has ever succeeded before. I so, so it's a little different. Yeah, for sure. So as you know, for, for those of us who haven't necessarily experienced that, you know, we see movies, right? That's all, that's yeah. our frame of reference, or we see or hear stories, right? But as someone who's been, you know, on, on both sides of that, you know, when you, when you're explaining it to someone, you know, what's the difference between like your, your average enlisted person versus your, I guess you'd say average spec ops type person, right? Like, yeah. And you say you have a lot more autonomy, you know, what does that look like in the context of the military? Well, I would, I would kind of dumb it down like this and this isn't an insult to anyone. It just is what it is. Um, pretty much regular military is very much like extremely structured and very, very um, regulated. Like everything is very tightly wound and very regulated on what your activities are for the day from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. And it's completely opposite on the other side in the sense that, hey, I need you to go to country X, pack your shit, see ya in six months. Maybe. Really? Okay. Is that so open-ended? It's not necessarily open-ended. Like there's a lot more behind that in terms of you knowing what your mission set is mm -hmm. um, and what is expected of you on the ground. But you could absolutely be out by yourself. 
wow. doing some pretty amazing things, or you might be with a small team doing some pretty amazing things in, in respect for this, uh, for this country. And not everybody's built for that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has what it takes to do that, which is why there's some separatism there um, in terms of who's a, who's allowed or has the privilege to do those types of missions in their life and who don't. Um, you know, so there's a lot that goes into that sauce. And I'm not like the, you know, the greatest guy that ever that ever did it. I'm just a guy that did it. Right. And um, there's other great guys and gals still out there doing it. And I respect them to the utmost capacity because I know how freaking hard it is. Number one, to stay in that mode um, and to know, like, you know, from the moment I was like 20, I could get a I could get a beep in the middle of the night at dinner and not know where I was going to be. Like literally in hours, I could be in another country in hours and not know what's next. Like what's next? Like we'll find out when we get there. Okay. (laughs) What's after that? Well, you'll find out when you get there. It sounds like that kind of lines up with your your lifestyle though you said you're moving around quite a bit and and then yeah it sounds so, like you enjoyed that aspect of it i did i, I did enjoy the newness of it because it kind of played into my character and my experience in life but with that you know there's also things that came along for the ride like um when you have a life that's out of your control mm-hmm. then you have to have a place that's completely in control mm. so my apartment was complete ocd <laughs> like completely everything was perfectly dressed right i knew what everything else perfect all the time when my when my uh my fiance now my wife um girlfriend not even my fiance when my girlfriend moved in with me yeah she thought i had issues she was like <laughs> she was like i've never seen a man this clean in my life really? right and or- so orderly organized um but i think her I think where things kind of softened up was when she looked at my closet and she went, Oh my God, you have seven pairs of black shoes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in love with you. It's official. <laughs> <laughs> you understand, you understand. So <laughs> that's all it took, huh? Seven pairs of black yeah. shoes, right? Yeah, I guess so. No, but uh, you know, honestly, when it comes to that, that question, right? Like, you know, what's the big difference? It's really about responsibility and you know how people show up just like in any gig any job that's out here you know you got some people in the job that you know you need to babysit a bit more than others right right that's it. that's almost anywhere but in that community there's no babysitters mm. okay there's no babysitters you are you've got to be independently operating um, at a high level without anybody looking that's called integrity mm. right what are you going to do when nobody's there to watch you or to look at you, to grade you or tell you what to do? Are you still going to do the right thing? Right, right. Now, did you come from a military family as well, or is this something that you just took, yeah. up, took up on your own? You know, I would say there's been people in my, and there's people in my family who were in the military, including my father. However, um, I would not say I came from a military family. In the sense that like that was like a hardcore pressed thing. It was like never talked about. In fact, when I signed up, my dad was extremely upset. Really? He did not want me to go to the military. Um, my mother did not want me to go to the military. So they were both upset that I wanted to go. Uh, they just wanted me to go to college. I see. I see. Yeah. And I had already done some of college. I was just not all that much interested. I went later once I got some some, t- some real world time in, mm-hmm. um, to be out of school. I finished, 
my associates and not quite finished my, my bachelor's while I was in the military. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like in college? Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I look back on my experience in college and I, I almost wish, or there's a part of me that would have just skipped it if I knew then what I know now. Oh yeah. I wish I wouldn't have wasted any time in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say before I went to the army, mm-hmm. like th- that, those couple years were just like completely high school all over again, for the most part, just mm-hmm. longer. <laughs> I'm like, uh, this kind of sucks. Um, don't really get caught. Co- like I totally didn't get it. Like, I'm like, it seems like I'm teaching myself. Yeah. You know, why am I here? Like, what are we paying for? Right. And so, um, I felt like it was a scam then. And so that's one of the reasons I decided to go into the military because it wasn't challenging for me either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is kind of like, yeah, whatever. I was already a pretty great student. So, um, the worst thing you can do with a great student is put them in a room where there's like nothing intelligent to happen for them or nothing engaging for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that about myself because I had learned it before from moving from different school systems in the South and the North mm-hmm. because they're very different. So I've been through that experience of where, you know, I would go up North and I'd be put in advanced placement classes and be challenged and have a good time I'd go back to Texas. I'd be bored. My grades would suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've been through that paradigm. So I understand it. Um, and I knew that about myself. I have to be engaged. I have to be like, I need to be challenged or I'm not going to do well. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of cool that you brought that up because when you compare and contrast, like one of my, my degree is in mathematics education, right? So Mm -hmm. I did the math courses and I did the education courses. And, you know, when I look back on it now and I think about the experiences that I've had training, you know, with, with groups and individuals and high level people, versus the sort of rote learning that we did in the school systems. You know, I can, I can see that this massive difference between the two, but also a massive difference between the resulting effects, right? Oh, and, yes. And I think that like someone like yourself who's been on, you know, on spec op teams and, you know, in the school system, they're both teaching you. But only one of them is churning out a, a high quality product. You know, you, you'd think I that, agree. You'd think that, uh, you know, at some point, you know, we would kind of put two <laughs> and two together. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's reasons for that that have nothing to do with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like I tell my kids often, I'm like, you know, you got an interesting parent. And they're like, why? I said, because I have sympathy for children. And for you, I have sympathy for you. They're like, why? I said, because. I understand that you didn't get, you didn't even get to pick your name. Mm. You didn't get to pick anything about this world, yet you are here, right? Everything's already done, right? Right? It's already baked and you're just kind of like inserted into this world where all this stuff has been made up. You didn't have any, any right to it yeah. at all. Just here and you're suffering through all of it with us. And said, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. like, my kids are like, you feel the same way? I'm like, Yes. Just so you know, that's that feeling is not going to change. Yeah. As you get older, you will continue to recognize there's a lot of stupid things happening on this planet mm-hmm. that I'm affected by that I did not ask for. Right. Yeah. Or that what well, I wanted to do. I wanted to do a little different. Can we recreate this right. <laughs> at all? So we spend our time learning how to navigate it, trying to find truth as much as possible. It's like you spend your whole like once you wake up or you get an assertion of. um of institution, then you start, start looking for some, some understanding of this place, right? Trying to find your, find your rhythm and the whys behind what is going on. 
um, as much as you can, uh, you might as well, because you might help yourself out while you're along, along the route. You might find out some things that can help you. For sure, man. That's actually a really deep concept when you think about it, because, you know, you can pair that up to a bunch of different levels. I mean, the kids are born into, you know, all sorts of different things within, you know, the family, right, within the community, yes. within the, the country. You know, we were all born under a certain set of laws and regulations that we didn't have anything to do with. And so you got to wonder how that impacts someone's mentality when they're being shaped and molded, right? Yeah, it's 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 definitely something. I mean, that's why when you, tr- you know, one of the cool things about when I travel a lot within the military was meeting people from all, all different walks of life, different countries and um, countries, ethnicities, uh, influence levels, you know, wealth. It was very interesting because people really do roll differently in this world. Like it's kind of mind blowing the, the limitations that a lot of us have put on ourselves. and you go some other places and they're wide open Oh yeah. and you're like, man, if I could have just thought like that when I was 10, mm-hmm. you know, if I could have had that, that framework when I was a teenager versus the framework that I did receive, okay. you know, how much further in life would I have gone? Not to say that we're not blessed. Don't get me wrong. I believe, we have a lot of opportunity here, um, but there's still a lot of gilded, um, gilded opportunity here too. Things that look really shiny but really aren't at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. There's there are some well laid traps. Absolutely. You know, I think that's one of the things that um, that wakes me up in the morning is I really enjoy helping my clients find these. Um, these traps that have been laid for us when it comes to our wellness, the traps and the landmines, you know, there's, you know, cruise missiles out here ready to blow you up and likely already have uh, with a lot of people, but, you know, just getting them, just getting them to a different understanding of information, right? Because I don't like to just say truth, like we're going to get you to the truth. It's information because truth really resides within the holder. And, you know, what they're willing to take action with, because there's some things I expose people to and they're not ready. They're not ready to take action in that part of their life. They're, they don't want that red pill, um, you know, for that part yet. Right. Right. You know, because, you know, one of the things that I try to express with my clients is and, and through my story is when I woke up, I was very angry. OK, I was very angry because I had done a lot and risk my life a lot and then come to the realization that I was home and I was in a very dangerous place. Hmm. I was a very, very dangerous. The United States is a very dangerous place for your health. Hmm. Um, and so I'm like, wow, I went through all of that, right? Got back here and you mean there's problems with our water, there's problems with our food, there's problems with our medical system. Why? Yeah, Let's because because let me tell you something. I've worked in military units where there's no budget. That means there's an endless budget. That means we can get any tool, any resource that we want to go do what we need to do. But we've got we've got states and cities with with water issues and we've got issues in our food supply. And we've got very loose regulations around medicinal drugs and things of that nature in our country. We're not safe, man. That's wild, brother. I mean, 
let's dive into that a little bit and, and dive into that part of your story, right? So you're coming from this military background, you come out and obviously you were very, very fit, conscious and taking care of yourself and understanding what it takes to be a high performer in that realm. Now you're out in the world and you see, I think this is what you're referring to when you said you're awakening, like to see what's going on. But you had mentioned, I think before we started talking, you had talked about how you gained a bunch of weight and then you had, you know, experienced this heart attack thing. So let's dive into that part of it and then tie it back to what you're talking about right now. Cause I think this is crucial. No, man, absolutely. You know, so it was like, I get out and found a gig very easily up in the DC area. I've got enough, had plenty of security clearances and alphabet suit behind my name. So <laughs> you can find a job pretty simple, pretty easily with that up there. That's that world. Okay. That is the secret squirrel world up in the uh, military industrial complex of Washington, DC. And, um, so work was fine, you know, found work, did some contract work. I ended up working for a, um, a three letter agency for a period of time, uh, as well, um, out of Quantico and, very shortly thereafter, I got this wild hair up my butt. I wanted to go start a business, right? So I've always had like this go-go mentality. And I'm like, all right, let me figure out how to, how to win. Like, I don't want to work for anyone if I don't have to. I've worked for the best, okay? I've already worked for the best. I've deployed with the best. Um, I'm going to go like do my own thing. And so my father-in-law uh, basically introduced me to the concept of mortgage lending. So I went and started a mortgage lending business um, and I poured everything into it, every ounce of energy I had. And so I took a very militant approach to it and I don't recommend it. I think it was really um, sloppy. It's just, I was doing what I knew. And I think that's what most of us do. We do what we know. And so I knew I wanted to ramp up my learning curve. That's a big deal where we come from in in that community is learn fast, learn fast. A lot of fast learners in that world can pick up anything. And <laughs> interesting thing about that world is you could find a super nerd who could really kick your butt. He's <laughs> 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 like, he's not just a physical, you know, prowess. He'll kick your butt too. <laughs> so um, that community is full of, full of folks like that. Right. So I'm out here and I'm busting my butt. I'm literally working two jobs So I'm doing my full-time job and then I'm working on my business at night and sometimes till morning and sometimes for days. Mm -hmm. So I would do 48 hours, 72 hour runs where I would not sleep and just go to work and go work on my business, go to work, go work on my business. That one thing that I didn't calculate was that I was not in a, in a deployment cycle. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that in deployment cycles since I was 19. Right? right? Deployment cycles end. Yeah. Your business doesn't end unless something went really poor or you sold it. Mm-hmm. Right? So I didn't stop. I didn't have a sustainment plan. I just kept grinding. And so I started creating a lot of metabolic mis- malfunction in my body. I didn't know, but the kidneys, the kidneys were the sign, right? Those were the wake up call that no one was giving me the information for it to kind of like lead me down a trail of opportunity because each time I'd ask the docs, Hey docs, how can I stop these kidney stones? Right. Right. And mind you, we're talking, this is 90, 
I'm sorry. When did I have those kidney stones? It's 2004. Dot, dot, dot. Um, I got out in 2004. So we're talking 2010, 2011 timeframe. Just internet wasn't what it is right now. And so sometimes when we tell these kind of stories, we got to reframe how information flowed back then. You just couldn't hop on and find information like this kind of stuff, right? You like, you really depended on your doctor to have all the answers. Right. Now you could walk into your doctor and have more answers than your doctor, possibly. True. Okay. That wasn't the same thing just, you know, 15, 20 years ago, very different. So I, um, I burned out, man. I was burning out like crazy and I was creating lots of malfunction. I couldn't figure out, and I was even still working out. I was working out at least four or five times a week, but nothing, no, you can't beat, you're not sleeping. Mm -hmm. I was eating okay, not awesome, but not sleeping. If mm -hmm. you're not sleeping, you're not going to win. Right. Okay. You can't win with no rest. So I was taking a lot of years off my life um, with all that, you know, that high pressure and, and grind that I was putting in. And um, yeah, it eventually led me down that path to, um, you know, grasping for my life in my living room floor. Mm. So it's, uh, it's something that I talk a lot about with each one of my prospective clients, because like I said, most of them are business owners or some type of executive, um, you know, some res very responsible person that's pouring out a lot. And that's who I'm looking for. I look for those people that are, you're pouring every, into everything and everyone. Mm -hmm. Energy goes where you put the focus. And if you're not putting any focus on you, you are losing all of it. So yeah, of course you're fatigued. You've put it all out. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I look at the pictures from back then in my larger days and it's just like, wow, I didn't even know who that guy looks like. Right. But I'm in there. I'm in that big old body. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't deny who that guy was. I know what he was trying to do. I love yeah. that guy. Right. right. I still love that guy. I knew what he was trying to do. He just wasn't winning everywhere. He was winning in some facets. He was making good money. You know, he was growing his business, but he was also about to leave the planet yeah. <laughs> prematurely. <laughs> yeah, that, dude, the, those photos you show me, they don't even look like you today. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like, I mean, you don't even look like relatives. I know it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It's like I, I have to look at them and I had a body dysmorphia complex for many years. Um, man, I would say even as early as about six years ago, I was still coming out of it. Like I couldn't see who I was. I hadn't, I couldn't see who I became. I still saw the old me. Mm -hmm. My wife was like, look, I'm, I, she goes, you can't see like what you, who you are and what you are now. I'm like, I don't get it. So it's, it's a real psychological issue. If you've been struggling with your, with your, um, with your image yeah. for a long time, I wasn't proud of how I looked, man. Like I've been through the shame game and not wanting to go shop for clothes because I'm just too damn big to be shopping for clothes again and wanting to admit that I need a bigger size yeah. again. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm trying, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm trying to pull my shit together. Like, why is this not working? And, um, you know, lucky for me, that's when, you know, my fitness pal was kind of getting moving. And what saved me, what how fitness pal helped me because I was like, okay, I gotta find some, I gotta find figure out something, right? So I've done plenty of diets. I had done South Beach and Atkins and 
you name it, I'd done like six or seven diets at the time, if not more, blood type diets and all kinds of things. And um, you get that 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 beginning success that any diet will give you typically, and then plateau or just reverse, right? You just go back. And um, so I had to try to get some things figured out and I just didn't know where to go. And I only went to my fitness pal to count, do this calorie counting thing. I'd never done it before. So got into it and they had started their forums. And so got in the forum. This guy was so angry that I ended up linking up with on a forum. I was like, every time I come on here, this guy is pissed off about rice, about certain foods or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, okay, well, like, what did this food do to you? Like, why are you so angry? And he's like, brother, let me tell you something. And he starts laying down some lot, laying some truth down, leaving me a path. And he goes, go read these two books and, you know, you know, let me know how it works out for you. Because ever since I've read those books and applied these principles, I've gone from this to this. And he showed me his transformation in less than a year. And it was mind bending. I was like, I need all of that and then some. So I got on the train and started to do that thing. And mind you, I had already, once I recovered from my heart attack, I, uh, I, I immediately got into like working out. Were you still working mortgage at this point? I was now in, was I still in the mortgage game? Let me think. This is a crash was what, like 08, 09? Round and yeah. Area. Yeah. So we were getting, it was a transitional period. So I was coming out of that Okay. at that time. And I think I was still in the lending business at that time. Okay. I think, it. yeah, it, I was really tight. So I was getting out, I was shutting things down mm-hmm. and yeah, throughout my journey after that heart attack, I was, tra- I transitioned into a job uh, for a while with a buddy of mine in it because mm-hmm. I had some it skills. So I put those to use for the company out of California and was still able to work at wherever, you know, where we lived in the Northern Virginia area, which was great. But um, yeah, I started making that transition, started doing the diet, you know, started changing up my foods and just changing my whole perspective about how all this works. Right, right. And I think that's the hardest thing for most of us that have like had a good body up through their 30s. Mm-hmm. And then like you get into your mid to late 30s and all of a sudden none of those rules work anymore. Right. Like what in the hell is going on? Like you're com- like, I'm doing the stuff that I used to do and that's not really helping me. In fact, it's hurting me. Right. Um, and I had even gotten up to two a days and it was an embarrassing, it was just embarrassing to work out. I'd just be a sweaty mess in the gym. I'd be so sweaty by the time I left, it'd be sweat squirting out, out of my shoes. Um, and I'd have to wipe all the machines down. So it was just an embarrassment to go work out, to just have the mental fortitude to go, I don't care. I got to go in here and try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I have a lot of compassion for people that are dealing with body image and going to the gym and being embarrassed. I get it. Um, you know, go anyway, Yeah. go anyway, doesn't matter. Um, no one in there really cares just to be honest. They don't care. They're all worried about themselves. They're not worried about you. (laughs) They're looking more at themselves in the mirror than you, right? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, did I get that extra half into my (laughs) How do I look in this tank top today? That's it. How my butt cheeks looking? That's it. So yeah, no one cares. Just go do you. No one cares. We're all we're all in there. Just think of that as a rehab center. Everybody in there has problems they're trying to work out, man. Yeah. And most of them are psychological and you won't see them. So that's true. Yeah, right. So was it, so, so you had poured yourself into this business. 
uh, building this mortgage business, it sounds like this business was taking your life, man. Was that what, I mean, you had just like poured yourself into oh, yeah. it and just forgotten yeah, about I, taking care of Ken or what? I don't like to fail, man. So I've got this like no fail kind of mentality and it can be a detriment, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and I think a lot of that had to do with a little bit of the programming we got in the military when you grow up in no fail environments, mm -hmm. right? Um, how do you, how do you say that? Right. To a group of people, you cannot fail. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. Right. <laughs> you have to win. Right. Um, so when you've got that embedded in you and then you apply it to other things where it may not necessarily be the best approach. Mm -hmm. Right. This wasn't the best approach, but it was the one I knew. Yeah, that, that's that's a tricky one. Right. Because the no fail idea is, hey, we have this result we have to achieve. And we, we don't want to fail in the result, but in the business world, like you say, we come back to what we know. And if we, if what we know isn't working for us, a lot of times we just bang our heads against the wall, beating us, yeah. beating and beating and beating, trying to get through to the next level. And it never comes because we're not acquiring new skills thinking that, oh, well, I can't fail. I can't, but it's not like you have, you can fail the technique. You just can't fail the result. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so I think there's, you know, you got to find balance. And I learned from the experience, you know, I learned probably after my son was born later that year. And then that year, uh, I'm sorry, not even a year in six months, I dropped over 70 pounds. Jeez. So I had met my goal. My goal was to be under 200 pounds by the time he got here. Mm. Right. So from the, from start to finish, I had dropped like 90 pounds from when I finally got the information to accelerate my weight loss, because I was just doing a lot of hard work and getting hardly anywhere. I think I dropped like 10 pounds in two and a half, almost three months. Wow. And then got, got some information from my rice guy, my rice hater on, uh, on the forum on my fitness pal. And I worked out less and I got better results. So I just extremely good results. I was going through clothes so fast. And, uh, cause I wanted it bad, man. I was like, I want this so, so bad. And I wanted to be, you know, at a respectable weight by the time my kid got here mm -hmm. and we nailed it, man. I was like at 196 when he showed up. Nice. And I'm like, this is, this is good, but I wasn't done. And, you know, when I look at my, my track record over the years, it's been like this because life was like that. So got all that weight off, had a baby. Now what you had a baby. Life is real different, man. So you don't have all the time you had before to work out and do all the things. You got to help mama. There's a lot of stuff going on. Sleep is a little different, right? Mm -hmm. And you're still trying to do all the other things to maintain life. And so, you know, your goals change too. It's one of the things I like to talk about with my clients all the time. You, I'm, not a, I'm not ashamed to be, you know, a two-pack dad. I know what it's going to take me to get a six pack. I ain't got that kind of time. I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I'd rather be with my kids and my family. Okay. I don't have three and a half to four hours a day to work out anymore. When you were, when I was in my twenties, I could do that all the time. Right. Um, and so I think we have to learn how to realign ourselves and our goals or even our wellness goals based on the reality of life. Like, how healthy you want to be so, so healthy that you didn't get to see your kids. Right. You know, there's a balance for sure. You know, 
they were like, man, dad worked. And then after he worked, he was at the gym for two hours. So we got 30 minutes with him at dinner. And like, that was it. Mm-hmm. So I challenge people on those, you know, with that. Um, because I know it's about you and you want great wellness, but you get this shot once with your children. Right. You got one shot. So I'm, sh- I'm sure that everyone's curious now that uh, you mentioned Angry Rice Guy and his two books, man. What were the two books? Uh, the first one was, they were both uh, paleo books. Um, so one was the original paleo author. And the book was just called P- Paleo, I believe. And the other one was called Primal Blueprint. Okay. So those kind of got me started. It really made me understand, you know, just bring some new light to myself, really started focusing a lot of, on inflammation, mm-hmm. you know, in the body and not so much just fat, muscle, carb right. stuff. And then that led me deeper and deeper over the years, um, you know, into other avenues to where I eventually ended up going to nutrition school. I've been to a few different schools, um, you know, for that. And, uh, you know, getting to the point where I recognize this is more about correcting function in the body than it is about calories in, calories out, especially once you've gotten over the basics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Basic things, and especially if, if you're up in age, meaning you're, you know, you're out of the twenties, you're in the thirties and forties, fifties. Now you got different things to be concerned with mm-hmm. because your body's been on the planet for a long time and you've been dealing with stressors that you don't even know exist sure. that are inside of your body that you need to figure out. Um, and so, until you do, a lot of things are never going to work. You're going to try lots of different approaches and fail at a lot of them because until you get the understanding of function in the body and how to improve that, many of the other blanket advice things you're going to find on social media and on the webs, they're not going to work for you. Right. Yeah, I know that uh, a lot of that that school of thought originated around, I think it was Rob Wolf's work on paleo, you know, that mm-hmm. first book, Paleo Solution or whatever it was called. And then I know that over time that thinking has evolved. And even, you know, even even people like Rob Wolf will tell you that his thinking has evolved. And I'm, I'm curious now that I know a little bit more about what it is that you you do with people. I know you tend to take more of an informed uh, and natural approach you know, do any of those ideas that you picked up at that point in life, do those still apply today? Or was it just sort of a springboard, you know, to get you, you know, headed down this path that you're on right now? Yeah, I would say that, uh, and that book was by Lauren, Lauren Cordain. Oh, Lauren Cordain. Yeah, that's right. Right. He was kind of the first. um, And I think he still had it the best, to Mm -hmm. be honest in terms of how to, um, how to follow that way of, of eating. He did, he did shift over time to some other things like allowing more fat and things like that in the diet, not just lean meats. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think he still has one of the best, purest, purest forms of that diet. Right. And I like the fact that it's called diet because I think a lot of people fool themselves into thinking that they're living a lifestyle when in fact, they're just eating. Eating's eating. It's not a lifestyle. It may be part of a lifestyle, but it's not a lifestyle. Uh, and I know a lot of people get um, jaded by the word diet. And I think that probably has way more to do with how people feel on things that haven't worked for them. 
or that they have failed at. And that's what some diets leave people. They leave them in a, with a sense of failure. Um, but I've been using diets and I use, I continue to use diets because most of what I'm looking to help people with is acute issues mm. that need specific regimens in order to get them better. Okay. So it's not supposed to be sustainable. It's meant to get you better. Then you need to move into a sustainability plan. Mm. Right. So the problem with a lot of people is they don't know that you can do both. Mm. They get stuck in this sense that, oh, I got to do this and this works. And this is the only thing that I'm going to do. And wrong answer. Check it out. When I first started paleo and I adopted no rice, no starches, kind of boom. It was just meats, vegetables, fruits, nuts, and seeds. Okay. What did that do for me? It got rid of, it healed my gut. <laughs> it healed my gut and reduced a ton of inflammation in my body, right? Got rid of my migraine headaches. I did some detoxing. I did some cleanses along the way. So it was just getting operation, getting operation to better perform. But, but here's a flip side, something that might be different today. I believe in eating all whole foods, all of them, grains, all of them. The question becomes, is your body capable of using those nutrient sources effectively or not? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Okay. Are those, can you get those clean? Number one, to not bring any additional toxicities into your body. And number two, can you prepare them appropriately so that they work best as they possibly can? So if you are going to have the beans, if you are going to have the grains, did you prepare them appropriately? Or are you eating stuff out of a can? Right. Okay. Because all of that matters. And this is the part that a lot of people don't like. It's complex. There's some complexity to this because no one knows who you are inside. So when you're reading a book about anything in relationship to even a very specific disease, let's just say like Hashimoto's, right? For thyroid autoimmune. And you're reading a book on Hashimoto's. Your Hashimoto's is not going to be the same as the person next to you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you a blanket opportunity. It just gives you a condition that's been measured in a threshold of information. That's how they've graded you to come up with this diagnosis. But your Hashimoto's is not the same Hashimoto's that your friend has. And you likely didn't get there the same way. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little different how you got there. So you're going to need different strategies, different approaches to make it fit into your life so you can heal that acute problem. And then, But more importantly, can we look back in time to figure out how you got into this problem in the first place? Right. And so how did you get here? Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was a series of events, I'm sure, over time. And when, yeah. you, when you think about like one of the things that I'm taking from what you're saying is, and if I remember my paleo diet correctly, it was basically eliminating dairy, legumes and grain or something along that line. Yeah. Right. And the whole shtick was that these are the most infl- inflammatory things that people are consuming. So let's take them out. And then what you're left with is like clean food, you know, you meat, yeah. veg, fruit, right. Which to me are whole foods and it makes a lot of sense. Yes. And at the end of the day, when I'm listening to what you're talking about, it sounds like that elimination portion of diet 
still serves a useful purpose for some of your clients. Absolutely. Because if you're not willing to stop what's harming you, then you're not ready to heal. Mm. It's just that simple. You know, if you come to me and you've got, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite things I hear people say, I don't have any problems with sugar. I say, okay, great. How much bread do you eat? Oh, I eat loads of bread. I eat lo- loads of crackers. I eat loads of biscuits. And I live in the South. We love biscuits and gravy down here. Um, that doesn't count. You know what though. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, but I don't like sweets. And I'm like, your, your, your body doesn't know the difference, man. So it's like breaking through these, these little paradigms and these protective measures people have built up in their minds to protect their ego and their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this is, this is the beautiful part of the work that I do is helping people get through that minutia. Yes. Okay. Of the stuff that they've built up. And, you know, I do this because of these reasons, all lies. Okay. Just made up things that we've got to peel back the layers of to get this to stick mm-hmm. long-term. How are you going to be well and live as young as you can for as long as you can? You've got to get this right. Right. You know, even on my Facebook page this morning, I put up a simple question about, you know, what do you think is the, what, what is more impactful to wellness? Is it um, mindset, nutrition, or exercise? Mm-hmm. Right. And I still believe based on my own experience and those of the, over the you know hundreds of people I've helped um, overcome fatigue and other health issues, it's always comes back to the mind. For sure. The body will follow what the mind will do. I've seen, I've seen men walk on broken legs and feet with no skin on the bottom on them for 20 miles. That had nothing to do with their physical ability. It had everything to do with their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a certain amount of, of pain threshold baked into that. Right. And a certain amount of incentive too, that you have to consider, you know, why are for you sure. doing it? You know, are you just doing it for the sake of doing it or is there something larger at stake? Right. Yeah. You know, and if you don't have that, you've got nothing in a health transformation. Mm -hmm. You don't have purpose. You've got nothing. Mm. There's no point in starting. Right. Yeah. Because you're not going to find it along the way because this stuff gets difficult. For sure. So when you're talking about nutrition to the level that you have, obviously you had this crazy experience, this this heart heart attack or series of, of, of health challenges as a very young man. And then you go into the nutrition world, you start studying this stuff, you know, what role or how much of the role does nutrition play in getting us straightened out as human beings, like healthy human beings? It's huge. It's very, very large. You know, I would say, you know, at least 70% of the work has to come there because if we're not giving the body the proper tool sets to get higher cellular performance, then we're going to hold on to the toxicities that are holding us down. Mm. Right. So when I think about the biggest factors of wellness, number one is, can you get the gunk out that's holding you down? Mm -hmm. That's number one. And there's all different forms of that. And that's the hardest part of wellness today is peeling back all the different categories of toxicity in your life. And it's daunting. Mm. 
Let's dive right? into that for a second. So a lot of times sure. people people use this word toxicity, right? Or I'm on a cleanse. You know, I'm doing yeah. this thing. I've got all these, <laughs> you know, my doctor said I had toxic this, that, the other thing, right? And on some level, it loses its meaning because it's just sort of general and broad, right? But in inside yes. the body, when you say toxicity, um, is it something that I'm consuming? Is it something that my body's manifesting based on what I'm consuming? What actually does the term toxicity refer to? So toxicity is any element coming from an organic element that enters your body that is um, an overwhelm, right? It causes a reaction, probably an acute, undesirable reaction, number one, likely being inflammation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I like to, I like to, you know, term the difference between poison and toxin. Some people use them interchangeably. I don't. Poison is man-made. Period. Toxins exist in nature. Mm-hmm. I think we were talking about that earlier, just like what's in a bean. Like a bean has has things in it that built to protect itself so that it can it can germinate right. anytime in the next 10 years. If it gets the right conditions, it will germinate. So it has to have a protection measure to stay whole and alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's Until a great, for sure. I think there's a there's a great meme out there where someone in the nutrition world posts. It's uh, like, you know, it's like a Venn diagram circle, and there's two of them. Not, it's actually it's not a Venn diagram; it's just a pie chart. So one pie chart is like, you know, um, the flora that can kill you, and there's like a mm-hmm. small percentage that you can eat, and then like a whole bunch of shit that can kill you. And then the animal yeah. side, it's like a whole bunch of shit you can eat. And then a small percentage that'll kill you. It's like the exact opposite. Yeah. What are, I like that. What are your thoughts on that, man? Like, you know, cause there's this raging argument about not eating this, that, or not eating plants or, or eating carnivore or not eating meat and eating plants, you know, like where, where do you come down? Yeah. That? And I've done it all just to, I'll give you a little background just so anybody who's listening to this understands I don't do dogma at all. I've tried things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been carnivore. I've been vegan. I've been vegetarian, pescatarian, paleo. I've done so many regimens to test them. I decided to do that once I knew I was going to be a professional in this business because I had already gotten to a different level of understanding for myself mm-hmm. and my philosophy around why I choose to be a 100% supporter of whole food eating, mm-hmm. right? It's because every one of those things that you move into require a specificity of opportunity, either in environment or source. And if those sources or environment are not in full check, you will not receive the benefits, the so-called benefits that you need to thrive on those particular opportunities or diets, okay? So if you're a fruitarian and you live in Chicago, you're probably not going to do that great. Where are you getting beautiful? How expensive is it going to be for you to get beautiful, copious, tropical fruits that are in season and haven't been irradiated and toxified to your doorstep in Chicago? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's application. Why can we have a very healthy tribe of Maasai in Kenya who I've walked with personally? Um, when I was in the military, thrive on blood and milk. That's their main source of food every day, blood 
and milk. And they live disease free. And they grow seven feet tall, strong, fast, resilient people. Okay. And then you look, and I'm not, I'm not like some Weston A. Price guy. I'm just connecting the dots behind where I've been in life to the reality of what some of these um, diets propose. Okay. And I, there's also the, the, the whole concept of there are foods that humans thrive on. There's going to be foods that humans survive on. Are you eating a lot of survival foods? And so you're not thriving as well as you could. Right. And then there's this aspect. If we are all beings of light, I'm going there. If we are all beings of light, carbon-based beings of light, we are eating nothing but other light sources. All food is information exchange. Exchange. Most people just think about putting things in, but it all comes at an exchange rate. So you take the currency of steak and put it in your human body there is a bank. There's a banking system there, and it's going to require X amount of resources to take resources from that deposit. That's something that most of us don't really think about. What's it going to cost me to break that down? Right. Okay. Do I have the fortitude and the mechanisms and the ability to do that efficiently? Or don't I? Mm. Again, Bio-individuality reigns supreme, right? Why can an Eskimo live until they're 120 years old and they're eating well blubber? Mm-hmm. And this well blubber and the same fish, hardly any vegetables, mm-hmm. okay? Yet you got someone over here in California talking about you need to eat only organic produce and live an alkaline diet. Meanwhile, none of them can prove any more longevity of life than another. Because what is it really all about? It's not just length of time, right? It's the quality. Mm-hmm. So when I'm working with my clients, I'm helping them identify that walk for themselves. As we get you healed, we found out what works best to you to get you well. Okay. Now, how do we set you up to live a youthful, enjoyable, long life? And that doesn't mean abstaining from everything on the planet. Right, right. Because guess what? That sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep, there's a there's always going to be an extremely small percentage of purists on the planet. Okay. You've got people walking around, they might not eat for weeks at a time. Um, you've got other people who are just gonna, you know, I'm just eating fruits and I'm the closest thing to God by eating fruits and not harming anything else on earth. I dig it, man. We all get to make our own choices. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's still all exchange and it's still all carbon-based light, which means it's for us. This is for us. It's been for our ancestors and for so many before us who lived well and well past 120 plus years. You know, as we're trying to tell everybody right now, we're now extending the life. You know, they're telling us that we're extending. Stop that nonsense. We are trying to get back to where we've been. Okay. (laughs) People used to be on this planet for a very long time. Right. Now we're, ooh, we're going to get up to 90. Man, I got people in my family that we can account for that have easily lived over 122 years. That's amazing. I love the way you frame that, that energy exchange. Because I think of it very similarly. I just use different terminology. I think of food as fuel. 
And yeah. I, and I think of, you know, like my wife, for example, she's, you know, she's a total foodie. She loves every aspect of the food. Right. And so for me, it's like, well, do we have food to eat or not that that's going to serve us? And <laughs> for her, it's like, well, yeah, we have food to eat, but I'm not eating it because it's not pretty and it doesn't taste the way I want it to taste and this and that and the other thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I think we've kind of been spoiled in North America to think that, you know, food is just something that's supposed to give us pleasure. It's not supposed to actually nourish us. Exactly. And we, we are very much addicted to the pleasure principle around food. Um, and I think that is not good, right? I think if we put more respect around the process, if we got some education around this process of rearing food, mm-hmm. number one, you are never going to respect food until you grow some. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you will never have a real respect for food until you bust your butt to get an actual head of lettuce to eat yeah. or you rear a cattle yourself and you graze it and you take care of it and you make sure it's not diseased and all those things, or you hunt for your own food until you put sweat equity into your food. I don't want to talk with you about food. I really don't because I've been, I've had that experience and I still have that experience. Right. Right. You know, so if you're the one complaining about everything in your grocery store and you're not doing anything about it, you won't even grow a herb to help yourself. I don't want to hear about it. Right. Go yeah. grow something. Then talk to me. Yeah. And I know that uh, for everyone out there listening, you practice what you preach. Right. Didn't you tell me uh, you guys have a garden going right now? Oh, absolutely. I farmed for three years here. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We had an organic farm. I'm sorry. We couldn't call it organic. We uh, registered with certified naturally grown CNG mm-hmm. um, and because we just couldn't afford to pay for all those cert- certifications um, to be organic. It would have made the price of our produce so high, would have never sold anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we did that in our local community. We uh, we made we grew it all, man. We grew it all and we sold it to our local communities and to a few of our local restaurants regularly. It's kind of a farm to table initiative in our little town here in Monroe. And it was a beautiful, fun thing to do just wasn't as sustainable as we wanted it to be, you know, income wise for the goals that we had. So I was like, well, it kind of started as a hobby for me and really helped me um, cure my PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, Just getting all that sun and all that work in every day, sweating every day out there, I know was a huge part of my healing process. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for those days knowing what it, what it brought to me. For sure, man. What do you think about the idea of, People being from different regions of the planet, um, genetic differences, and how that plays into certain into their abilities to individually process foods. For example, if we use the paleo mm. example, since we started with that one, one yeah. of the um, studies that I remember was that if you were from the Middle East or North Africa, you're more likely to process grains than someone who wasn't from that area because they had been cult- cultivating grains for thousands of years, kind of a thing. Yeah. So I believe in correlation, right? I correlate information. So I mentioned the blood type diet earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And so do I believe that the blood type diet is the way? I don't. Do I believe that they've probably got some valid information that could help? I do. And I do the same thing with genetic testing that we do here at Nubula Health. Um, You know, so we, we do epigenetics testing here as a correlation opportunity, right? Because we're talking about 
epigenetics, meaning these things are going to be mainly affected by your environment. Genes are like switches. You can flip these things up or down. That's powerful to know, right? Um, so to know that you can influence this is everything. So when people are like, oh, you know, the blood type diet is garbage and DNA is the only way or this test is the only way, I laugh because that's the trap. Mm-hmm. The trap is the one thing. Right. There is no one thing. There's no one thing that's going to fix you, heal you, get you right. It's always going to come down to a culmination of factors because nothing in your body is operating in isolation, waiting for the one thing to show up. Mm -hmm. It is likely waiting for multiple things and multiple mechanisms and systems to realign appropriately to do their job optimally. Right. And, And, but every, because we've all been trained, think about how our brains have been trained from birth. If some, if a crime happens on TV, are we looking for a group of people or are we looking for one person? Yeah, you know, I guess it depends on what the headline says, right? Like The headline always wants to find the one person. Right. Okay, let's find the one person unless there's some type of agenda where we have to have a, a group, right, mm-hmm. to, as a new enemy. Right. But we love the one person because it's simple and we can categorize it and then we can get back to feeling safe very quickly that it wasn't a whole bunch of people trying to do bad things. It was just this one little one-off idiot trying to do some stuff. Right. Right. And that's the same thing when it comes to wellness. It's why I don't answer health questions deeply at all online. It's pointless. And it took me a lot of time. You know, I've been doing research in Facebook groups for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. I live and breathe in those things as an observer. I like to see what people think. Because that's how I become a better coach, mm-hmm. right? Understanding where the dogma and some of the things that people are trapped in that's kept them sick for so long. How do you show them? How do you escort them into a new path without calling their baby ugly? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I mean, you know, we're, we're all here in the coaching world, right? And we're all wanting to be the most effective coaches possible. People, you know, pay us a lot of money to give them results, you know, so yeah. let's dive into that topic. You know, I know that sure. you've been doing this for a bit and you've got a lot of fantastic results, some great testimonials. You know, what is in your mind some of the key aspects of of good coaching? You know, those those sorts of conversations or those sorts of activities that move people toward the results that they want to create and need to create to have the lives that they want to live. It all starts with the right question, you know really getting into the mind of your client to ask them the right question at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, in the beginning of our process, you know, we do a standard, pretty standard goal review, but as they fill out that document, they have no idea what the pressure is going to be like once we actually shut the door. Right. Okay. And let's, okay, you wrote this down. Now let's go validate it. This is where the work is really done. How you set the foundation of your takeoff in your health transformation has to be rooted in that first. What are your, what's the why behind your what that you're trying to achieve? Why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? Why did you drop the cash that you dropped to go make this happen in your life? We gotta start there first. Because again, the coaching aspect of what we do has nothing to do with nutrition. (laughs) Has everything to do with this thing between your two ears, Mm -hmm. okay? And the thing that's under your, your breast pocket your heart and your mind. If we can't get your heart and your mind synchronized, you're not going to make it. 
do anything, let alone some of the hardest stuff to do. Change the way you do the stuff in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you change what you put in your face and you change what you do in the morning to go move your body, these are the, some of the hardest things for people to do because they're extremely easy to not do. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You keep bringing you keep bringing threats into your home. You're going to keep eating those threats in your home, right? If your home is not a safe zone, you're not safe, man, from yourself, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, and those are some, some real conversations that we have to be frank about, you know, with our clients is that's part of letting go of the old identity that's led you to the state of oh, wellness you're in. Mm-hmm. We're trying to become something anew. Right. Are you ready to let that person go? For sure. It touches on, this is where we start to get into that sort of idea of lifestyle. What does lifestyle look like? You know, you were saying nutrition is one aspect of it, but also how you move, right? Like you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned the Maasai earlier. You know, I know I'm familiar with the Hadza and like the Hadza, for example, will will cover nine miles in a day on average, right? Easy. You know, easy. They'll cover nine miles in a day and, you know, you, you got people here, I mean, in Phoenix, for example, it's hard to get people to walk from an air-conditioned building to their car. You I know. know. That, that's asking Ridiculous. a lot, you know. <laughs> and, you know, so we start talking about, like, lifestyle change, you know, and you throw the nutrition in the mix, and now all of a sudden the world is upside down, man, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and, and this is, you know, our, our coaching program is six months long, and I tell people it's going to go very, very fast. And they're like, why? I said, because we are so deep and so wide with understanding how all these pieces come together um, to get you well and also to create this lifestyle. We know six months, it's going to be quick and you're going to go, can I have another six? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to just start to see and wake up to all that's ahead of you that you need to shift, mm-hmm. right? And this starts, you start looking at your home different. You start looking at, where you eat out different. You start looking at where you go play different. You start looking at all these different things because now your mind is becoming more and more aware and open to threats and solutions, tools, and strategies that can empower you to greatness. That's our job. We want to make you great, right? We want to make sure that you get back up to be the high performer that everybody's known you to be, that you've been hiding, right? You've been hiding that you've been failing in the background. Right. We want to get you back up and bring your integrity back to the game. And um, it takes time, man. And I think that was a that was a huge learning curve for me when I first started my business five years ago. My pro I had one month programs and 90 day programs. And then one day I woke up and I went, how in the heck am I selling 30 day programs and 90 day programs, expecting the world of these people? And I never did any of that. I knew what it took. I knew how long it took. I knew all the work it took. And then I had years of culmination of experiences to grain this thing in. Okay. And this is why I tell everybody there's no such thing as a transformation that happens in a year. You got some great results. Talk to me in five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Let's say you still got those results. Right. Are you still holding on? Are you still moving in, a, in? Are you still moving forward? Are you still doing well? That means this transformed. Mm-hmm. Once this is transformed, you've won. Yeah, for sure. I love the way you frame that. And, you know, of course, coming from the coaching world, we all want to have a success story every time we sit down with someone. 
And the reality is that just uh, there are people in the world who are going to pay you and who just aren't committed. And oh, absolutely. So, so one of the conversations I like to have with people is, you know, listen, if you step once, I'll step twice. But if you don't step, I'm not stepping at all. I'm with you. And and at the end of the day, you know, we like I, Jesus in here. We like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, man. Bless you. May your tribe increase, my friend. Absolutely. You know, so like when, when you encounter that, you know, and, and I'm sure that you have in your coaching practice, you know, how do you deal with that? What's your personal philosophy when you encounter that person that's just having all kinds of trouble getting that first step done? Yeah, it's it's really about simplifying, you know, and I was like, so we pull out that, 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 that agreement that we had in the beginning. Like, this is what we agreed to do. We're not doing it. All right. Um, can, that's a breach of contract, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we might as well tear this up. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, I don't want to give up on it. Like, but yeah, you do. Cause you broke the contract. So let's just tear it up, toss it. What do you want to do now? Mm-hmm. What are you willing to do today? Because what happens is what I see for a lot of people that don't make it is they take on way too much mm-hmm. in their mind instead of moving simply. You know, we might give here, we'll give you a full strategy, but our thing is we only want you to bite off what you can chew because you're not required to do all of this stuff in this short time frame. You have to get okay with that. Yeah. Okay with recognizing fast is not always lasting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that you trying to, okay, I'm going to take these supplements. I'm going to change my food. I'm going to order meal planning service. I got new subscription at this gym over here. I'm going to go to. I hired a personal trainer, um, dialing in my yoga and my meditation and my breath work and my detoxes and my cleanses. I'm shopping at new grocery stores. Um, I'm ordering from places online because it's not in my local grocery store. Brother, I got to filter my water, filter my air, change my cookware, can't store stuff in plastic anymore. It goes on and on and on, right? When you know all of this, doesn't mean you should do all of this. Mm -hmm. You've got to take gradual progressive steps and simplify it. You got to dial it all back. You got to peel it all back and go, I'm going to work on this. For sure. Because it's about establishing pattern. It's about establishing habit. And if you're not willing to go down the habit train, you know, I'm just, I'm laughing right now. You made me think of a a really cool client um, that came on with us about three and a half, four months ago. And she didn't like the word regimen or schedule. You know, they gave her the heebie jeebies, literally. She's like, oh, I'm so noncommittal and da 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 da. This girl lives and dies by a schedule now. That's awesome. Right. She's like, no, man, I got this. It simplified my life. It's just sometimes we have to get over these these hidden traumas around words that we've created from our for ourselves based on a past experience. Instead of stepping into your now, you got to get into your shoes today. The shoes from 10 (laughs) years ago, 20 years ago, them things are old and busted. Okay, (laughs) put your new shoes on. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. I know I got to let you go here pretty quick. So let me. uh, let me go ahead and get to it. But, um, sure. you, know, you were uh, one of the things that you, uh, that you touched on there, you know, you pull out the agreement or what have you, you kind of throw this idea of integrity of, you know, being in alignment with what you're committed to. And we live in a world though, that lets people off the hook left and right. 
You know, if I tell you yeah, I'm going to meet you for lunch and I show up at one fifteen, we're supposed to be there at one. That's supposed to be okay. You know, it's like every little slip of the tongue that we make a commitment to that we don't honor is actually a failure. But people don't hold our feet to the fire because nobody wants to look bad in that moment. You know, nobody wants to be the hard ass kind of a thing, you know. Um, have you ever had issues, you know, creating these black and white scenarios with your with your clients where it's like, hey, this is the agreement, you know. Or this yeah. is the result we wanted, and you know we're we're not playing in the world of gray. We need you to get there or not. Yeah, honestly, I don't. I've never personally had a problem with it. I've had two clients in all of five years who've had a problem with it, which mm. means they had a problem with themselves. Okay, because right. nothing. It was nothing new. I'm like, we're not talking about anything new. We're talking about what you agreed to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I said, you know, what was this? It was like. A um, conversation I had with a prospective client the other day, who was like, "Why do you? Ha- why? Why is there a different charge for monthly versus upfront payment?" Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, "Because I'm in the wellness space. How many times have you given up on yourself before you've called me? Right? <laughs> How many times? Because that's what you're coming into. We're not messing around in here. Okay? I have a I have a very nice smile, but I am still Ranger Ken inside of here." 100%. Like, I know what I'm here to do. I'm driven to do it. I wake up every day to get the damn result. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm thirsty for every day from every one of my clients. And they know it. They know when we get on the phone, I'm like, what's good? What good <laughs> has happened since the last time we spoke? Let's get it on the line because I'm about to pull your goals up. And we're about to dig into this thing. Did we execute or did we not execute? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we need to get really simple. That's what accountability is for. Is it not? Sure. It simplifies everything and brings us to a higher ground. That's why you hire a coach. You're trying to ascend. Mm-hmm. If you've got a coach that's going to allow you to be mediocre, you're not at the right place. That's right. That's right. You know, and I remember I've challenged some people with that. And that's a hard question that I ask. I ask hard questions like, why did you decide that mediocre mediocrity was the way you, you could be today? Because when we have to get real about that, you know, because someone's questioned your your action, because maybe you didn't, you're not questioning your action enough. You decided to be mediocre today. Why? That's not who you're trying to become, and it's not who I thought you were, who who you were. So where did that come from? If we're not willing to investigate the actions that we're doing, then we're not willing to achieve the level of success we desire. Right. Hundred percent, man. Well, you might have just touched on it there, but what does success look like for you these days? It's in my clients, man. Honestly, um, success for me is being able to say, "Hey, you know, someone's off of medications today. Someone has moved for the, you know, they've gotten out of a paradigm they've been stuck in for the last 20, 30 years, right? Someone has energy again. You know, be, working specifically with fatigue." Um, people who are dealing with chronic fatigue and adrenal fatigue, mental, as well as cellular, these people are broken and they're some of the hardest people to fix because when you're in a fatigue state, you don't look like you're dying. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you are literally. So it's one of those scary issues because we, you don't know what all of the imbalances are that have you so depleted right. of energy. Why can you sleep? for 10 and 12 hours and still feel like hot garbage when you wake up, Mm. you know, still go through the day 
lethargic and tired and brain fog and, and on and on. It's because we have a lot of things that have broken down systemically over time. And there is no one thing you can do to get better. And that's what's frustrating is because you, you're like, I'm not bleeding, right? The doctors don't think I'm dying. Okay. So why can't I just fix this? And the only way to fix it is to do a full body system approach. That's how it gets done. You have to investigate, see how much damage you've done to yourself and then start filling up the potholes and providing balance to your body again. Absolutely. That's the hard work. It's not just eat less and, you know, cause I have plenty of people that show up here tired and overweight. So they're like, I'm exhausted. I've gained 50 pounds. I just want to get the pounds off. And I'm like, we got to flip it, right? We got to get you well. So the pounds can come off. We got to flip your mentality because if you come in here with that mentality, you're going to be very frustrated because you're going to keep trying to lose weight instead of getting better. And you're not going to get better. I love it, man. Measuring it through those client results, brother. That's uh, that's, that's the key. I think for a lot of folks. If, if they're not winning, I'm not winning, That's it, you know, man. so it's like, as long as the clients are winning, they're getting great success, um, you know, out of their investment here with us, something that they're willing to tell their friends and family about, mm-hmm. then we're, then we're crushing it. If we're not doing that, we need to shut it down. Absolutely, man. So I know there's going to be a lot of people who hear this, who get jacked up on what you're saying because they know that they need to reach out. And if they want to do that, what do they need to do? How can they get in touch with Ken Newbill? Oh man, super simple. Um, I'm a Facebook junkie. So that's where we do a majority of our marketing right now. Uh, you might find me in other places, but that's our hard, our hard line. You can um, join us at Fatigue Fixers Facebook group. Fatigue Fixers, we're the only ones. Uh, you can find my website. It's Nubila Health, N-E-W-B-I-L-L of health.com. Um, those are the two easiest spots to find me, man reach out to me, join our, join our group. It's free. We drop massive content there, right? Every week. In fact, tomorrow I'll be in, I'll be doing a talk on migraines tomorrow. Mm. I'm breaking that down, connecting the dots on migraines. I suffered from migraines from eight years old until I was, until I got that year and I went paleo, right? That year got me, got rid of my migraines. That was a big motivator to not give up. I never wanted to have migraines again. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'll definitely get all that linked up in the show notes for uh, everyone who's interested, but you guys definitely sure. reach out and, 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 and touch base with Ken. The guy's amazing. If you haven't already figured that out. And my last question is always the same, my friend. And what does mastery look like for you? Oh, it, it, it looks like a moment. So mm-hmm. there's this concept I work with my clients called mastering moments, right? So when you're trying to make a shift, you have come up with a framework that is highly, highly dependable to allow you to win. There is no such thing as mastery without system. Okay. You must have system to, to get mastery. That means it's not a one-off half-baked opportunity win that you can deliver consistency in day in day out. That's mastery. So if you have systematic ways of moving about your wellness world, um, something as simple as my rule of three that I give my clients all the time who are struggling with foods or food-like items and keeping them out of their mouth. And that is, if you're in that situation, first, change your environment. Move. That's rule number one. Rule number two, hydrate. 
because we're talking probably some type of fixation you have with food and you're looking for some type of emotional support. Okay. So you got to get real about that. You're looking for emotional support. So you need to hug yourself. Okay. Give yourself some grace. Um, you know, let go of some of those negative thoughts, get a glass of water, change your thought pattern. Okay. And number three, if you're still craving, you need to go eat some real food because you could have had a Snickers bar, right? But you didn't, you went out, you got yourself a six ounce sirloin and some broccoli, call it a day, right? That's way better. You got out of the situation and it's just a process. I call that mastering moments. Okay. So every mastery is all about system until you have system in place, you're haphazard. Okay. And that's going to continuously deliver haphazard results. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Nothing's dependable, which opens up opportunity for more failure. Mm, I love it, man. I love this concept of mastering moments. I'm going to have to steal that. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you haven't copyrighted that, my friend. (laughs) I have not. I have not. (laughs) Fantastic. Guys, you heard it here. Ken is the man when it comes to getting you straight. You need to reach out to this guy. Talk to him. He obviously is a wealth of knowledge. We barely got to scratch the surface, but I know you got to get going, my friend. So maybe we can do this again when you have a free moment. Oh, you bet, man. Invite me back anytime. Be happy to talk to your peeps. Thanks so much for inviting me, Jason. I appreciate all you're doing, brother. Hey, man, you too. Keep killing it, brother. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Take care. All right. Take care. That's going to do it for this episode of Hardwater Radio, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. And if you're vibing on this content, be sure and help us grow the tribe by liking, sharing, subscribing. And by all means, leave us a comment on your favorite podcatcher. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. And if you are someone out there who would like to tell your story, we are a collector of stories here. Shoot me a message, jason at hardwater.com or pick me up on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever works for you. And I'd love to have that conversation with you guys. Until then, this is Jason Archer signing off, reminding you to remember your future.